It's really understanding your audience first and understanding their pain points and understanding their struggles so that you can have those boards to provide the solution. Welcome to the Impact Driven Entrepreneur, the podcast that helps you expand your reach and convert that reach into clients so you can lead your tribe with confidence and create change in the world while living the life you desire. And now your host, certified business coach and consultant, Mariana Ruiz. This episode of the Impact Driven Entrepreneur is brought to you by my Become a Client Magnet Intensive. In this 90-minute intensive, you will learn how to attract ideal clients to you using your free content. So you'll learn how to actually monetize your free content, how to attract the right people and get the people to convert. In other words, to purchase from you from your free content. And I've walked hundreds of women through this process of creating your magnetic message and really starting to attract people to you through being yourself and not being pushy and not being salesy. So if that sounds like something that you want to do, go to marianacruiz.com slash work with me, or just go to marianacruiz.com and click on the work with me page. Welcome to the Impact Driven Entrepreneur. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Elna Kane. Elna Kane is incredible with Pinterest. She's grown her following using Pinterest. She has a blog and she's also a blogger, copywriter for other companies as well. And she shares all of her knowledge about Pinterest. It's really, really awesome episode. And I'm not using Pinterest at all in my business. And So this is really, really good if you want to use Pinterest. If you're unsure if you should be using Pinterest or not, then I highly, highly encourage you to go to download the Decision Matrix. The Decision Matrix is a simple tool that I created that can help you to decide if you are, you know, what is the most profitable social media platform for me and my business. And so if you are unsure if Pinterest is right for you, I would go download that now. And that is at marianacruiz.com slash decision. And you can get that downloaded. And I walk you through step by step how to decide what platform is right for you. If however, you've done that, or if you already know that you are making money on Pinterest, then I would go ahead and proceed with this episode because this episode is incredibly valuable. And so I would love to chat about that. But before we get to that, can you just tell us a little bit about how you got started and your story? Thanks, Mariana, for having me on this podcast. I started my online business around two years ago after my twins were about one and a half years old. I live in Canada and we get a year off of maternity, actually. So I had a whole year to sort of figure out what I wanted to do because I didn't want to go back to work. I wanted to stay home. I wanted to take care of my twins. And that's when I decided to sort of find some kind of way to make some income online. And so I decided to start freelance writing. And that's where it all started for me. I started my services-based business as a freelance writer, and I am now writing for blogs like Blogging Wizard, Optin Monster, and whatnot, providing content for them. And that sort of got me into this whole online marketing business that I'm doing. And another portion of my business is Twins Mommy, which I started recently. And with Twins Mommy, I'm working on using Pinterest strategies specifically for that blog to grow my traffic, my income, and my email list. And 
It's been about nine months now, and the strategies that I put in place have been working. And it's nice that it's sort of a little bit on autopilot. That blog and how you got started with it, because I think there's probably a few moms in here who listen to the podcast who have a blog and are struggling to grow traffic to it or are thinking about starting a blog. So tell us kind of how you went in that direction. Sure. Yeah, I actually started Twins Mommy as a passion project. I think a lot of people, when they're moms, basically they want to sort of get out there and blog, tell their story and whatnot. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to speak to other moms that are working at home with little ones and the struggles that we have with having kids at home and trying to grow your business online. And I couldn't really write about that on my freelance writing blog because people were coming there to get more freelance writing tips, not so much about how to handle that with children. And a lot of my you know, viewers and readers on Elna Kane, my freelance writing blog, were also men. So I wanted something that was more for moms specifically. And that's when I started Twins Mommy. I put up a couple posts. I know there's people that sort of have this big content schedule and they have to have 10 posts before they publish their blog and all that. But for me, like I said, it was just a passion project. And my first post was about being sick and had the challenges of being sick and taking care of my children and my clients. So I wrote a post about that and I just put it up there. And after a couple of posts, I started realizing that I wasn't getting much traffic and I wasn't getting much engagement, but that was okay. Cause again, it was something that was just a personal little blog of mine, but because of my knowledge with digital marketing, and I was really interested in using Pinterest, I decided to write my journey in growing twins mommy. So I actually was telling my journey on my blog. So being very transparent. I found it really helps attract people to your blog when you can share very authentic type of things that you're doing. People seem to enjoy that, enjoy your story, even if you make mistakes and share your successes as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I just want to interrupt you for a minute, but I totally agree. When I did a series of like the five or seven lessons or something that I learned over the last year, and that's been like one of the series that has gotten the most traction. And I was very raw, like very transparent about the ups, the downs of building my business. And most of my posts, which I don't blog as much since I've been podcasting more, but my posts, most of them, I would frame them around like why I wanted to talk about that topic. So maybe it was something that did really well. So I have a post about Facebook groups. And I talk about literally the statistics of my business and how like over 80, 90% of my revenue came from my Facebook community, you know, people that were in there. So I don't just write about grow a Facebook group. Yeah. Because I think there's lots of other people talking about that. But what does that mean to me? And like, why did I choose to write about that. And I think people want to hear that side of the story, right? That's so true. And that's what I found when I started to that first blog post about me growing my how I was going to grow twins mommy got the most engagement. And that was actually the first post that I put a content upgrade to grow my email list. So all before that, I was just writing blog posts, just about being a work at home mom. One of them was what you know, what I fed my twins, I was just writing just anything I wanted to. But At that point, I decided to, I wanted to try this sort of like an experiment. I've learned in the past two years of writing about digital marketing, I've learned and picked up some tips 
about how to attract people to your blog and how to grow your traffic. So I thought, well, why don't I share this with my audience? And that's what I did. And from that point on, I was able to get people coming to my blog and I was learning how to use Pinterest to bring people back to my blog. And as I was mentioning, being transparent was a big key to getting people interested in my story because they didn't know me at all. And then the other big thing was optimizing my Pinterest strategy. And I have it all on my blog. I have all the things that I'm doing on Pinterest. But the first step was getting my Pinterest profile really up there and optimized so that people that are seeing my pins, it's relevant for them. And that was what I did in the beginning. So can you tell us what that means? Because like, I mean, there might be users like me who are just like, totally not into Pinterest. I used to use Pinterest more so for personal use before my business. And quite honestly, like I have no time for that. So is somebody who has no idea, right? Like what do you mean by optimizing? Is it the SEO like the same as Google SEO? And probably other people here don't know how that works. So can you like, I guess, dumb that down for me a little? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. That makes sense. And you know, I was in the same boat as you. I didn't use Pinterest before. I really didn't use Pinterest as a marketing tool. So I had a personal Pinterest. And so it was early that I decided to the first step that if you want to use Pinterest for a marketing tool is to make a Pinterest business profile, and it's free to use. So you can search that on Google, you know, create a Pinterest business profile and set that up because what that does is that it hooks your analytics. So you get to see analytics on your pins and which pins get the most engagement. You get to see how much your pins get reached on Pinterest and how much traffic it's bringing back to your site. So that's what Pinterest offers when you have a business profile. So that's the first step that I would recommend. And then after that, you want to sort of get your profile with Pinterest. You get a little bio that you can put and you get a title, what you want to call yourself. So people can just put their name. Some people put their blog's name. For me, what I like to use is keywords. So I think on my Pinterest profile, I change it up a little bit, but I either put that I'm an entrepreneur or a mom to twins or I'm a blog and biz strategist, some kind of keywords so that when people are searching on Pinterest, they might happen to find my profile. If they're looking for a content strategist, a marketing strategist, a blog, you know, whatever, a branding graphic designer or whatever. So putting your title seems to help with that aspect. And then another thing you want to recognize, as you were mentioning about SEO, is that Pinterest really isn't a social profile. It's more of a search engine, sort of like the second, I think of it as Google, basically. You know, on Pinterest, I don't comment on pins. I don't talk, you know, I don't do like messaging on Pinterest. It's not like Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. It's just like Google, you go to Pinterest to find things and you want your pins to be found. And that's when you start using those little SEO tactics like keywords to put in your descriptions of your pins and put in the descriptions on your profile. Okay, cool. So what do you pin, right? Like I've put pins up there and I feel like they don't really move as much. And then sometimes like just, I think we had a connection call about a couple of few weeks ago And literally that week, my best friend, one of my business besties, Joy, messaged me and she's like, look at what I found on Pinterest. And it was a challenge that I had done like months and months and months and months ago. And somehow randomly Pinterest gave it to her in her feed. And one question I have, though, is like, 
I do a lot of time sensitive things, right? So how can you maximize something like that if you're doing time sensitive promotions? That's a little bit tricky with Pinterest because with Pinterest, your pin has a really long lifespan. It could be months. So that's something to consider. I know I ran some giveaways and some webinars and I don't pin them very often on Pinterest because of that fact, because three, four, five months later, people are still pinning that and it's not relevant. So I would suggest that if you do have a lot of time sensitive challenges and whatnot, not to pin those very often. Instead, you want to pin more evergreen blog posts, more evergreen content, your lead magnets. You want to pin those a lot if you want to grow your email list. Pinterest has been a big helper for me to grow my email list. Because of that, I can pin my lead magnets. I can promote all my lead magnets, all my freebies that I have on Pinterest. And that can get pinned over and over and over again. And people can see that. So do you pin just the lead magnet itself with like a nice cover image and it goes directly there? You don't need to provide additional value? That's the thing for me. I don't use landing pages. I know I should. I always talk about landing pages and how effective they are. But I personally on any of my blog, I don't use landing pages. What I end up doing is I just put a page, I use WordPress. So I just put up a page. So it has my logo and my menu and I have the lead magnet and it's just sort of like a little advertisement. So I have, you know, a little introduction paragraph to entice people. So for example, one of my lead magnets is 190 free resources to grow your blog. So my introductory paragraph under that is, you know, are you struggling to grow your blog? It must be a challenge, you know, just to entice them. And then I talk briefly about what this lead magnet is, what I'm offering. And then right below that, I have a little form, an opt-in form to subscribe. And that is what I pin. So I pin that image to that URL. And then when people go and click on my pin, they go to that page. They don't go to my blog. They just go to a page on my site. And for me, that seems to help. That works for me. I get a lot of subscribers that way as well. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So... I guess we'll have to look at that. Yeah, I mean, landing pages work. I mean, people do pin a lot of their landing pages. And so I'm not saying that that, that's not effective, but I haven't done it. So I don't know what the rate is for converting and all that. But that's something to consider for you if you want to try that out. But I find that if people come to my pin, they want to read something a little bit. They want to get to know what I'm offering. And not just because maybe I'm a freelance writer and that's sort of my background with copywriting and all that. I want to persuade people and engage with them. So I use my copy that way. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the image that actually goes on Pinterest. Do you give a lot of copy there or it's mostly once they get to your site? Well, yeah, your pin image is what will entice people to click through. And that's where there's there's a whole lot of things that you can do to spice up your pin image so that people noticed. And I've been working on that for since I've started to Inswami of having different ways to present my pins. In the beginning, I was using like bright images. I don't use images with people and faces because that doesn't tend to do well on Pinterest. People like to see objects and things. So I have images with like bright laptops and bright little pencils and things like that. And then I put a little white box on top of it so I can write my copy, my headline on it. And that was doing well. But recently I switched up. And what I'm finding that is working really nice is having a lot of white space in your pin. And what I mean by that is making your font or your headline the main sort of thing that people are reading. And I'm finding that that's working a lot for me and for my pins. I don't know. I could be just biased because when I scroll through Pinterest and notice my pins, I see my pins more often, but that's just maybe because they're my pins. 
But like, for example, a lot of people are doing that. Melissa Griffin, for example, her pins, a lot of them don't even have any images. It's just the type, the headline. That's all it is. So you can play around. You don't have to have an image. And that's what I mean by having a lot of white space. You know, have a little bit of things on your image and have your headline the one that's, you know, people will see. So having a big font and not being too crazy with those nice, pretty script fonts that are like, you know, handwriting fonts. You don't want to be too crazy on that because it's hard for people to read that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Okay, awesome. And then you touched a little bit about how it's going on autopilot. So can you share with us kind of what that looks like, how frequently you post and how much of it are you actually like, how much time does it take? Because you know, moms, we don't have a ton of time. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's so true. You I'm, have twins. <laughs> I know. It was crazy morning this morning. I'm like, oh, I have to be here at one o'clock for my podcast. <laughs> I was, yeah, crazy morning. But anyways, as far as with Pinterest and being on autopilot, let me back up just a little bit because I haven't really talked a little bit about the strategy that I use with Pinterest. And one of the big things that you can do with Pinterest is getting on group boards. And that's where scheduling tools help when you have a lot of group boards and you have a lot of places to pin. Because before, when I only had a couple of boards on my Pinterest board, I can pin on my own. I can pin, you know, in a day, 20 times here and there, and that's fine. But if you really want to maximize and reach more people, the first thing is that you need to join a lot of group boards. And then the second thing, you need to pin a lot, especially if you're trying to grow your blog. And it's all related to how many boards you have. If you only have, let's say, a total of 50 boards, so let's say 20 of them are yours and the others are group boards, you can set your pinning schedule. If you use a pinning tool like Tailwind or Board Booster, those are scheduled tools, then you can schedule those for 50 times a day. So Every day for 50 times in that day, your pens will go out to all your boards. The more boards you have, the more you can pin. Right now I'm pinning a hundred times a day because I have enough boards to pin to all those boards and not, what's the word, spam them or not like pin them. Like, you know, how some boards, if you go to, you notice that one pinner has like the three pins all over, like the same pins over and over again. That doesn't happen with me because I only pin hundred times a day because I only have a hundred boards to pin to kind of thing. So that's something that you have to think about when you start using a scheduling tool like Tailwind. I don't know if you know, I I know we were talking before, Mariana, that you weren't too familiar with Board Booster or Tailwind. No, I barely used Pinterest. That has not been really part of my strategy at all. (laughs) So I was using it in the beginning and then I was kind of frustrated at it. And every few months, what I do is I just evaluate like what's working what's not working and what can I just like completely get rid of because it's pointless and futile. And that was Pinterest for me pretty much all of last year after trying it for a while. And for a while, I mean, I do this every 90 days. I do an evaluation of what's working. So I already can identify one problem I did. And that was, I was not pinning in groups. I was only pinning to my own boards. So one question I have is a hundred pins a day kind of sounds like a lot. (laughs) I know you said only a hundred, but are you repurposing content? Are you taking those hundred and maybe rotating it around the 50 boards? How does that look? Work Well, that's what Tailwind does for me. So with Tailwind, Tailwind is a Pinterest scheduling tool. And what's nice with Tailwind is that they also provide analytics 
for your pins and for all the group boards that you're on. So Tailwind can tell you which group boards have the highest repin value, which boards have the highest engagement. Those are great analytic things to know about your group boards to know, well, which one is giving me the most bang for my buck kind of thing. But what Tailwind does is based on how many pins you have, so you can schedule them, schedule them all, and then Tailwind will put them in through different points in the day to those group boards. Sorry, it's <laughs> something that it's like, it's, it's an easy concept to think of that as long as you have enough group boards to go to and enough pins to have, then you can schedule, you know, your five pins and it will go out 50 times to all these different boards. So in a day, that one pin can, if you only have five pins, that one pin will get shared numerous times, but to different boards and to different people. So does that sort of make sense? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so you're not coming up with a hundred new images every day. You're like sitting down possibly once a month or once every couple weeks and coming out with maybe five or six images. And that's it. Is that right? Yeah. Like for me, I, right now my marketing strategy is a little bit different because I'm doing more affiliate marketing. So I'm using Pinterest to help me with that. So right now I'm having three main pins, no, four, four main pins that I want to get scheduled constantly. And I want it to be pinned a lot of times and scheduled so that I can go through all my group boards because I actually have more than 100 boards. So I have a lot that I want. It needs to reach all those boards. So you can do that. You can pin your four top. Let's say you have two affiliate pins and two lead magnets and you want to grow your list and grow your income. Well, then you pin those more often. And those is what you schedule on until when those four pins to go out to those group boards. And you can schedule that for the next 30 days if you want. Okay. So another question that comes up for me is, does it look spammy if you're posting the same five things? Yes and no. It depends. It depends if you have, I keep saying, if you have enough group boards, (laughs) then it shouldn't be, you need group boards to have a lot of contributors and you need group boards with a lot of followers. It can go dive deeper and deeper into all of this Pinterest strategy stuff. But It won't look spammy if you have, I have group boards that have like 500 contributors and the feed on that board, it goes fast. People are pinning, pinning, pinning every 20 minutes. You're scrolling and scrolling, scrolling before you find your own pin. So when you have a lot of contributors, you can pin a lot on that board because it'll just get shuffled down and down and down within minutes. So it's kind of like how Twitter is. Like, I'm just trying to get grasp it in my mind, like to something else. So it's not like in Facebook where things move a little slower. Yeah. But it might be in an active group board. It might be more like Twitter where you can post the same thing several times and nobody will even notice. (laughs) Exactly. But I mean, as long as it has a lot of followers, usually contributors at group boards that have a high amount of contributors also have a high amount of followers. For me, I like to look at follow if there's at least a thousand followers that are following that one board, well, then you know you're going to be reached. Those pins are going to reach those a thousand followers, hopefully, if, you know, if they're searching for whatever my pin is about. And another thing to consider is that if you have a group board that, let's say, only has 10 contributors, well, then no, you can't pin often on that because that's a slower moving board. And so it does look spammy if you start. So what I do, if I belong to boards that have, let's say, 10 to 20 contributors, then I don't put them in Tailwind because Tailwind is like, you know, it's on steroids. It's going to just pin whatever. It's just going to pin on all my boards. It doesn't know, right? So I have to manage that. I have to find those boards and I don't put them on and that's fine. I'm okay with that. Okay. Got it. And how do you find group boards? Yeah. 
it's not a sneaky way, but it's my sort of my easy way that I do it is I check out other Pinterest profiles. So since I'm a blogger and a freelance writer, I might go to, let's say, you know, Kristen of Believe in a Budget. I might go to her profile and look at what group board she's in. And I'll click on her group boards or the group boards that she belongs to. And I'll read the caption to see if, first of all, they're accepting contributors and then how they're going to accept contributors. And I'll just go through that. I'll spend maybe 20 minutes going through different group boards and in trying to invite myself. So some group boards want you to email them and others want you to message them on Pinterest. So and still others want you to fill out a form. So I just go through that way. Another way you can find groups is going to pingroupie.com. If you go to that website, you can type in your keyword and then it'll list all the group boards that are relevant to that keyword. And then you can go from there and see if they're accepting contributors. Okay, awesome. And now you had mentioned another app about... Board Booster. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah. I recently started using Board Booster. I've been using Tailwind for like the last 10 months. And it was just this past month in January that I picked up Board Booster. The reason why I picked up Board Booster was that I found that my traffic was stalling a little bit. For some reason, I couldn't get past, I think it was 20,000 page views. I couldn't get past that. I was still stuck in that. And so I thought, well, maybe if I try Board Booster, maybe that will help me get some more traffic to my blog. And what I use Board Booster, I don't use Board Booster for other people use Board Booster. If they're using Board Booster, they're using the scheduling campaigns that they have there and it works for them. But what I use Board Booster is just for their looping function. And what looping does, that Tailwind does not offer looping. So that's why I picked Board Booster. The looping function, what that does is that it takes older pins from your board and refreshes them and pins them to the same board so that it's in the feed like right today. So if you pin something three months ago, Board Booster will find that old pin, pin it again to the same board. So then it's in that feed for today. And I found that within a day, I was getting a thousand more page views. Like I was shocked by how fast I was getting more traffic to my blog just by using that looping function. And I was impressed by that. But I also knew that it was working for me because I was neglecting my own followers and my own boards. If you remember, I'm using Tailwind just for my group boards. So I'm sharing all my pins to group boards, but I was not sharing pins to my own boards. And so as soon as I was using Board Booster to loop my pins on my own boards, I got a lot of engagement and a lot of traffic that way. Okay, wow. And how do you get followers on this platform? Because like I said, I'm like clueless here. So because <laughs> yeah. you said you tapped into your existing audience. So how do you get followers? Yeah, that's for me. I wrote a post recently about how it was very, I'm not really doing much. It's very little effort. I'm getting people to follow me. One way you can, that's easier to sort of tell you is if you create your own group board, then you can make it mandatory that people that want to join your group board to follow you first. So I have two group boards. And so I think both of them, I make it mandatory that they have to follow me first. So you can get followers that way. And then the other way is just, I think if you have a really nice group board, like not group boards or a really nice profile on Pinterest, people will tend to follow you. So if you have, like I said, if you have a really optimized title, if you have your blog name, so people can learn more about you, you can put your blog name in the little description. And if you have pretty little board covers on all your little boards, people will tend to follow you more because you have sort of, it looks established. It looks like you have an established profile. It looks nice and pretty. And the boards that you have are relevant to them. 
So if you want to attract your audience, make sure that your board titles reflect that. So, you know, I'm a blog and biz strategist. So my boards on Pinterest are, you know, email marketing tips, blog traffic tips, and then also being a mom. So work at home tips. I'm attracting those people that are interested in knowing those topics. So they tend to follow me. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so do you recommend that you separate the personal pins? Like, I have some pins there from my personal use that were like nursery room ideas, but (laughs) that could be applicable to a mom entrepreneur, right? So at what point do you let the personal side in if it's not necessarily tied to what you're doing? What's nice with Pinterest is that you can create like secret boards. So you can still pin the things that you want to pin on secret boards, and that won't really get shared on the Pinterest feed and to your followers. So what I did in order to make my profile, because I was using it as a personal profile to make it more business-like, is that I secreted all my like DIY crafts that I had, and my I had a lot of recipes. Had like, yeah, me too. I have like all kinds of pancake variations yeah, in there. I know. <laughs> I have like one board on like French fries or something like this. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to hide all those. So I hit all those like, you know, recipe type of things. But I did keep, like you said, things that were relevant to my audience. And since my audience is mom bloggers and stay at home moms and work at home moms, I have, you know, taking care of twins. I have that as a board that people can see. I have mom with twins and I have productive mom. So I have those boards and I share, I have posts on twins, mommy about my twins. So I needed to have a board to share my posts about that. So I have those boards on that profile. And then I also have productive moms so I can share any kind of things to help other moms about how to be more productive in their life or in their day. Love that. Okay. So we're still staying with a central message. We're not like talking about random stuff, but there's a way to make those things private and still have them for your own use. I love Yeah, that. and one thing also, I'm just looking right now, with your Pinterest profile, what you want to do is you want to sort of have this experience on your profile. So your first couple of boards should be your blog, like your first board should be from your blog. And then the boards after that should be something that's highly relevant. So, you know, you could have like your podcast board and share all your podcasts on that board kind of thing. Right. So you would have your blog and then your blog board and then your podcast board. And you would have a couple boards that were related that would bring all back to your website or your brand. Right. And then after that is when you can start having keywords that are related to your blog and your message. Love that. Okay. Yeah. So the key is like the top few boards and then, and of course, like branding the whole thing and also the content. So do you also repin other people's stuff? Yeah. So on my personal boards, you know, since I'm looping my personal boards, I'm not looping all of them. Like I'm not looping my twins board. I don't need to share that all the time. So I'm only looping like certain boards, like growing your email list, all the boards that sort of lead back to my blog. But within those boards, I am, I have other pins that I share. Like I have a board for growing your blog income and I share tons of other people's income pins all over from Michelle from Making Sense of Sense to Kristen to Believe in a Budget and on and on, as well as my pins as well. So Tailwind will loop those ones too. So my followers aren't just getting my pins, they're also getting other relevant pins to help them because you do want your followers, you want to create your profile to help people not just to market yourself basically. Yes, absolutely. Totally agree. And I think that goes for all social media. 
like one of the things that I do is like, I take, which you will have some little quotes from the podcast that are yours, right? Like you said them, not me. (laughs) And so we'll highlight that. Or I do have, you know, every now and then I use, what is that app called? It's called, oh gosh, I can't remember now. I'm going to look it up. It's a good app. Oh, it's called Pocket. And so anytime I listen to a podcast or watch a video on YouTube or something or read a blog that I really liked, I save it in Pocket and I can then use that on social media. Yeah, that's awesome. I've heard of that app actually and I haven't used it myself, but that's perfect. That's perfect. What you can do is to have that sort of swipe sort of file and then you can use that and share it all over your social media profiles for sure. Yeah, I just find like, it was hard to like sit down and come up with like, what else should I share? But if I'm reading something else from somebody else, I can immediately think, oh, yeah, that's good. I'm going to share that later and then come to it when I'm ready. Okay, awesome. I love these tips. So if somebody is considering using Pinterest for growing their income and their blog traffic, is there like one lesson you wish you knew a little bit sooner about it to help them get to the next level? I think for me, yeah, every month I'm learning new things about Pinterest for sure. So I think the biggest lesson that I wish I had learned earlier was really about my boards on my profile. It's just recently that I'm really trying to, like I was talking about, really hone my boards to reflect my audience. And I've been playing around with that for a while and trying to find the perfect sort of recipe for my boards. But if you can get that early on, then you're going to probably get more followers quickly because all the boards will become relevant. So it's really understanding your audience first and understanding their pain points and understanding their struggles so that you can have those boards to provide the solutions. Getting that really like up and running first and then optimizing your profile and then getting your pinning strategy, all that, that can come after you need to really have a solid framework on your Pinterest profile, I think. Love that. I think that's like one of the things I always talk about is like, these are the foundations, right? Like you can't do Pinterest, you can't do Twitter, you can't do Facebook if you don't know who you're talking to, right? Like that's number one. So love that you said that. And it's like, helps for everyone to just avoid like the whole shiny object syndrome or thinking like, you know, what's wrong? Like, is your audience even on Pinterest? If yes, okay, proceed. And if not, then there might be something else, right? Exactly. And that was my whole philosophy too with starting Twinswami is that because I was in this whole new niche of like the mom blogger niche or, you know, entrepreneur kind of niche, I knew a lot of them were on Pinterest. And that's why I started to use Pinterest because before that I wasn't. I really was, I was using Twitter actually and Facebook more for my freelance writing business. So this was a whole new different marketing strategy that I had to sort of come up with because I knew my audience. I knew they were hanging out on Pinterest, right? Exactly. Love it. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about where people can find you and where we can connect with you in the future. Sure. You can find me over at twinsmommy.com. I share blog posts about growing your traffic, income, and list. And I try to help moms become better mompreneurs on that blog. You can find me on Pinterest at pinterest.com slash Elna4. That's E-L-N-A-4. You can go ahead if you want to check out my profile there. 
And I also have a Facebook group if you're interested in joining. It's the Mom to Mompreneur Facebook group on, on Facebook. Awesome. That sounds great. And we're going to link all of these in the show notes. If you're listening to this, just click on the actual episode and you can get all of the details there. So thank you so much for coming on, Elna. It's been awesome learning about Pinterest and what's possible. And, you know, thank you. Thank you for sharing everything that you did today. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great day. There you have it. Another episode of the Impact Driven Entrepreneur. If you're unsure if Pinterest is the right platform for you and your business to be the most profitable for the time that you're investing in it, I highly recommend that you go to marianaseveruiz.com slash decide and download the decision matrix. It is a tool that I use in order to make decisions in my business about what social media platform to spend the most time on. Because here's the thing, if you're newer in business, you're a solopreneur and you have maybe one team member, if that, right? We have to use our time and our resources really, really wisely. And so I created a special tool to help you to decide what platform would make sense for your business and what platform would make your business the most profitable so that you can really zone in on that place that will bring the biggest ROI for you. In order to get that, go to marianaseveries.com slash decide. In the next episode of the Impact Driven Entrepreneur, I'm going to be talking about the difference between coaching, consulting, training, mentoring, and even counseling. What is the difference between all of those? And how do you decide which one you need at what points in your business? So be sure to hit subscribe in order to get that episode. It'll be coming to you next week. Have an awesome day. Chat with you soon.